Welcome to Much More Muchier with Pup Duffy and Kara Lane, an Odd Imagination production. Hey guys, Pup and Kira here. We are speaking with the general troublemaker herself, Ashley Gudermuth. <laughs> Before we get started, I want to send major love out to my uh, Floridians, especially to our very own Miss Born Lit, who is suffering from flooded roads and flooded uh, yards. <laughs> so Val, we're thinking of you and we hope that you're staying safe. But Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you for Thanks. joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to meet you both. So you are a military wife and a comedian. Yes. Which would you say you are more of? Or is it- <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, God, it feels like the military wife side overtakes everything. And it feels it just feels like that in general. You know, mm-hmm. it's like every facet of my life became became part of that it's so interesting to me because I'll get people that will leave comments that might not like what I do or like videos and they'll say you made your whole life this is this is your whole thing is just being a military wife and I'm like well god it kind of is (laughs) (laughs) and it just because you you move so much and you know you go to the commissary and you look at cereal that and it's like patriot's choice or freedom's choice water and you're like okay and then you go to any event and you know there's the national anthem is played everywhere every day you know i live on a an air force base so it's five o'clock we have the national anthem which i learned i don't know which branches you guys are affiliated with but not everybody does the 4 30 or 5 p.m national anthem uh the navy i went to the naval academy 8 a.m and they give you no warning except for just there's a quick little do 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 and then they go right into uh you know hand over the harder saluting air force base we get a long-winded okay get ready here it comes mm-hmm. it's okay mm-hmm. <laughs> so but i think that because i live on a base and have for many years and because i love the military and i love uh, you know everybody in it around it that supports it it just became everything so I don't know. I but being a comedian is all I've ever wanted to do. So uh it's really hard to to balance those out, which so I haven't. I've just combined them. <laughs> right. Luckily, luckily they go hand in hand, it seems like. It seems to be working. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> do you think I don't know if this is just like my belief from movies and stuff, but do they play taps at night as well on the bases? They do play taps, yep. That's the go to sleep song, right? The go to sleep. And I I used to have a joke that that was, um, it's really weird. Because So I go to a lot of military funerals, which are obviously like just everybody's crying because there's so many, I mean, it's terrible that it's a funeral anyway, but then there's so many things that go into a military funeral with, um, you know, they play taps, they, they do the salute with the guns. And then they'll give the flag to the widow and you get the bullet casings and you get all these things. And there's, there's just so many ceremonies around it, but it just struck me one night. I was there with, you know, my husband's asleep and I'm still wide awake cause he can fall asleep. Like nobody's business and taps is playing at 10 PM. And I was like, it's really weird that every night they make me fall asleep to the song that's going to be played at my husband's funeral. Like, <laughs> like I don't make him listen to Billy Joel like every night. Like what I'm going to have to pick a song that in case I die before him, he's going to have to listen to it every day. Right. Choose like the Macarena or something. <laughs> <laughs> Do Rick Astley never going to give you Rick up. <laughs> never going to give you up. <laughs> <laughs> so you said you wanted to be a comedian. I was going to ask, what was little Ashley like? Were you folks in the uh, military? Were you a military brat or... My dad was in uh, seemingly every branch of the military, um, but he was out pretty much by the time I was born. But he didn't give up being in the military, even though he was out. I don't know if you've met any of those guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he's, we were, uh, you know, the family that stockpiled food for a war that uh, there's constantly, um, there's always going to be a catastrophe happening. No matter like something's coming, Ashley, something's coming down the, the pipe that it's going to, you know, they're, they're coming for us. So I grew up with that and still have that panic mentality. 
uh, in my head. Uh, my husband was telling me the other day, he was like, you constantly think that something bad is a, like about to happen. Like you always think you're going to die. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Where'd I get that from? <laughs> then I figured it out. Oh yeah, my dad. Um, so yeah, he was in the army and uh, he, I, on Halloween, I would wear his army uniform out on Halloween. So that's what I went as. And it was perfect because it had the name, you know, the name was the same mm -hmm. and everything like that. But uh, my dad sent the Marine recruiters to my house when I wow. was uh, a teenager. Um, I think I would have been a bad Marine. Uh, I am uh, generally, a, as you could see, if anybody has watched my videos, a, a pretty big troublemaker. I don't mm -hmm. take too much seriously. And in the Marines, I think you should. Yeah. I think those are... <laughs> Those are people that are, are very brave uh, people that take things seriously. So um, he sent the recruiter to the house and um, the recruiter, I said that I couldn't talk because I was doing something. And um, he asked for my phone number and I gave him my phone number, but my little brother was behind me and he said, Ashley, that's not your phone number. I gave him the wrong number. Uh, <laughs> I was actually at the time trying to join the army uh, to, because I wanted to play uh, guitar in the army band. I'm not good enough to play guitar in the army band. Those are amazing musicians. Um, and then I've tried to, uh, pick, uh, different branches that I was interested in over the years too. But, uh, so far I've just, I have even, the army is considering now sending me to boot camp and filming it. So we'll see if that pans out. <laughs> I'm on for it. And your husband is in the Air Force, you said? Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I, and this is no lie, I'm in Florida, I'm on the East Coast of Florida, and we have what used to be Patrick Air Force Base is now mm -hmm. Patrick Space Force Base. That's right. I, but I kid you not, I drove by and I did a double take. I said, oh, we're going, we're going in space. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Space Force, so I'm on an Air Force, but it's a joint base that I live on with the army and uh, the Marines. And well, I mean, I pretty much everybody, I don't, I don't think we have any space force here yet, but we have the stickers and the shirts for space force. And you know how they say proud parent of an airman, proud parent of a soldier. I'm waiting for proud parent of a guardian, which is such a confusing thing. Like your guardian, you're, you're the proud, like you're a grandparent and you're what? The space force is so cool. I've been talking, um, trying to get some shows together for the space force. And they, the people that work at the space, they're awesome. They're just like up for it and super cool. So it's so neat uh, to meet them all. But, but yeah, he, my husband's in the Air Force. My grandfather was in the Marines. I'm just surrounded. I have a, a son that's in the Navy, husband's in the Air Force, dad, Army, grandfather, Marines. <laughs> it's wow. just like pummeled, pummeled with it. <laughs> right. You had no, you had no, uh, there was no, lane that was going to get you to be like the supermodel or the <laughs> oh god no and I can't I my mom used to pay me to wear dresses uh it was like I total tomboy growing up I only had guys that were friends didn't get along with girls um tried to but they would like out me uh, like I just I, I full-on fights um then I I would play I played baseball on boys teams until I wasn't allowed to play on boys teams anymore but I was wasn't because I was bad I was really good I played shortstop batted fourth it's still like the proudest moments of my life were hitting home runs on boys baseball teams <laughs> it's like how do you get those feelings back um tur turns out you do that you get those feelings back by tormenting generals on Instagram that's what I'm doing now uh <laughs> it's so sad that kids boys and girls and you know in betweens they play sports together, you know, PE, gym class, whatever, up until I swear to God, like girls start to have to wear training bras. I think it's so stupid. Drives me crazy. I wanted to play uh, football. I was good at football too. And, and hockey, but you know, there's so many things that are separated by gender that make no sense to me. If I'm saying that I will destroy my body to try to make it on the junior varsity team, then I should be able to. You know, uh, there's people of all sizes. It usually comes down to, well, the women aren't big enough. I'm certainly not big enough to be, uh, you know, a, a quarterback or, or to be, you know, those guys are usually six foot five. Uh, but 
I'm big enough to be other things. Cause if you look at, you look at sports, they're not all the same size. There's different uses for different sized people and different, uh, you know, abilities. I think about that with special forces stuff. You know how they, for the longest time, they didn't let women in. Now they do. You just have to pass the same training, right? Fair enough. Pa pass the same training. But also, what if we started using people for all the different abilities that they have? Like, um, if you wanted to put me on a, a special forces team, nobody would expect me being able to, like, I could, I'm five foot six, like 128 pounds, okay? If you're expecting SEAL Team 6 or whatever, whichever SEAL team to come in, you're expecting a bunch of big guys. But if, you, if one of those guys smuggles me in their backpack, right? puts me in a cup, like a cupboard, right? Gives me, gives me some sort of weapon. They're not gonna, they're gonna think all the other guys are gone, but, but nope, Ashley's in the cupboard. <laughs> we have to, we have to take a moment and thank Demi Moore for opening the doors for, you know, women to be able to join the special forces and, and the SEALs, you know, thank you Demi, Demi Moore, you know, thank for- And the haircut, she gave me mm -hmm. uh, entry into my haircut. <laughs> I had long hair because everybody was like, you're never gonna get a man with short hair. Um, but I was terrible at it. I couldn't, like, I would use a straightener and then I would be paranoid that I left the straightener on all day. Then I'm going to catch my house on fire. You know, I tried a different products. I tried so hard to be a girl. I just, but I just can't, can't do it. I can't, can't do, do the, the, like whatever that stereotype is. All I can be is me, I guess. And that is uh, a mess. I had, I had ice cream for breakfast. Like, well, um, Going back to that, because you were talking about how your father kind of built up an anxiety in you. Oh, yeah. Um, so do, have you been diagnosed with anything like ADHD, general anxiety disorder, any of that stuff? Oh, um, well, no, because I don't I don't really go to doctors, which is I mean, that's a whole nother uh, thing built up into into me. <laughs> uh, but I would I, I when I go to a doctor's office, I am all in. But the making of the appointment just can't seem to do it. Um, if, it. If they have like an online thing, I'm good with that. But the making the phone call, trying to figure all that out, for some reason, drives me crazy. And then the insurance side of it. Um, but uh, so I do things that are definitely, there's obvious issues there. So I, first of all, I grew up with hoarders. My little bit in my immediate family, uh, big time in extended family to the point where we had full-on dumpsters that we would have to like, you know, you're scooping stuff out of their house. So you, you know, um, and that I remember looking at it and being like, I can't live this way. There's no way. And, um, my house now, what I, uh, my goal is always to be able to, if the air force says you got to move in two hours, get out. Okay. Let's see if we can get to that point. Um, to think about what are the things that you really want to always have and, and go from there. I haven't had a proper couch in years and just got one the other day from the Habitat for Humanity store. It's been great having a place to sit. <laughs> one time we PCS for three months, three of us shared one camping chair. I mean, we just rotated the camping chair and um, we didn't have any furniture, any like beds or anything. So I went to the BX and I bought a mattress and I got it in the back of the truck. And one of my things is I like to I like to do really big things and then see if my husband notices and then goes, how did you move that into the house? So I got a, um, a twin mattress, brought it back to the place that we were staying at while we were waiting for our household goods to arrive. And he was like, you got a, you got a bed, you got a twin. He was like, I'm six foot three and 180 pounds. And then there's also you, <laughs> where are you going to sleep? And I was like, I want this to be a relationship test. So for three months, we shared a twin mattress, still married. I'm trying my best. I'm like, I'm just, let's see, it was how much trouble can we bring to this relationship? Um, so I have the hoarder thing. I have five Roombas. Uh, why don't, you know, why don't, uh, why do I have five Roombas? People ask me that all the time. Well, because the sixth one died. That's why it ran over the wash, the dishwasher exploded and it got water in it. You, um, so, but I do want more Roombas. I love a clean house. That's one of my things. I also do things in streaks. I've ran every day for almost eight years without ever missing a day. And I got into a car accident that uh, slowed down my running pace significantly because I got brain issues from it and I didn't stop the running streak. 
but I did start picking up litter while I run. So I've done that every day for almost three years and got uh, almost like over a thousand pounds of litter that I've been able to pick up. But so these things, when you put them all together, you're like, oh, there's something wrong with Ashley. She's got, <laughs> she runs every day. She picks up trash. There's nothing in her house. Um, uh, so it's like, uh, what, what's, what's she, I got weird eating habits too. You know, that's, I'm a, I'm a mess. I'm a <laughs> Well, I think um, when you have the background, like you were saying with hoarders and things like that, I think when you have a background and especially being a military kid, you know, your life is, is a, upheaval, right? You know, it's, it's like, grab your shit. We got, pardon my French, grab your shit. We got to go out in a week, blah, blah, blah. So I think as what you're doing as an adult is kind of like, you're, you're taking back control and you're like, no, this is going to be orderly. This is going to be simple. You know, yeah. I, I don't want to be in a place where I feel so unbalanced and out of control because of, of mess, right? Or, you know, yeah. in regards okay. to your surroundings. So I think that I did want to ask um, with the twin beds uh, scenario. Mm -hmm. so, so you're trying to get rid of your husband, right? That's what that <laughs> <laughs> She's about to spit. <laughs> Constant relationship test. We're all before we got married, we were like, how, what can we do? What kind of like odyssey can we go on to make sure that we will be together? My husband's 20 years older than I am. So it's not like it's going to be a long relationship. We don't have to worry about that. Right. <laughs> it's, we got to, we've thought this through, you know, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be able to move on. My hope is to live in a 55 and older community at some point, And then it's just a conveyor belt of men and women that I can marry. Um, well, we go. That's a good plan. That's everything everybody hopes for, right? <laughs> I want to be the crazy cat lady on the block that sits on the porch with her like rocking chair, just Gran yes. Torino throwing out like insults randomly. Just because yeah, I'm such a does. nice person, I don't normally do that. So, like, it, I watch movies and I'm like, man, how cool would it be to be the villain? Because mm -hmm. I never get to be mean. Yeah. So, I could just sit there and just like, throw out and, and nobody's gonna be mad at an old lady that's you right know? that's what, what my grandma always says is they don't arrest old ladies she's like i can do whatever i want i can steal I'm like i think that they do arrest old ladies <laughs> i think no. that they do <laughs> actually remember it's only under a thousand dollars they want to arrest you under a thousand that's another thing she literally told me and i was like i what are you stealing like <laughs> do you need money like I, i'll help you <laughs> yeah. well kira you can be in the rocker, you know, shouting at people to get off your lawn. I want to be the lady that looks through the curtains and judges everybody in the neighborhood. I think I'll be the old lady that's just naked on the front lawn. Just, there you go. <laughs> it encompasses everything, right? You know, you can, you can hurl insults and also make everyone uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, are you going to be celebrating, um, was it National Naked Guardian Gardening Gardening Day? Is that Gar that's a thing? Is it, it a be thing? out there? Yeah, it is a thing. Oh my God, I'm so repressed. Like I would need. I, I don't know. I'd have to be hit in the head again. I think I I I don't even like look at myself naked, let alone anybody. Have you seen in Portland where they do the naked bike rides? People ride through. Yeah. Like oh man, on a bike, you'd think you would just walk. There's so much. Like there's a seat. Where where's everything going? I get concerned. I I would. Just I mean, you it. can't tuck it or anything either. So it's no. kind of like things get floppy just, and uncomfortable. I would think just floppy and uncomfortable. <laughs> I would just be there handing out Clorox wipes. Like here you go. <laughs> Please wipe down your hiding seat. my eyes. <laughs> I get like that with um, you know, like in movies uh, or TV shows where people kiss or anything like that. I always, I'm just like, I have no, no, thank you. I don't need to see you hugging. I don't need any intimacy at all. Why are you inviting me into this part of your life? I don't need it. You know why? That's private. You can go do, you could just tell me about it later if you want to. I don't need to see you kiss. I can just assume, right? But it's a private time. Right. Like this baby obviously didn't just pop out of thin air. There had to be things that went on. So why can't we just skip to the good part? skip right. To it yet, right well here's my thing well two things the whole naked bike riding I have issues with bicycle seats and you know clothed because they're just 
I'm not into the butt stuff. Okay. It's just a little uncomfortable. <laughs> and the, the kissing thing, you're absolutely right. There's these, these assholes that are like, we don't need to see two women kiss. We don't need to see two men kissing. You know what? I don't need to see a man and a woman kissing either. I don't, no. I don't need to see it. It gross. <laughs> don't, need to, don't need to see any that is that can be for you you know <laughs> that can be anybody i don't yeah i exactly right well i don't need any of it <laughs> I, don't miss me with that romantic stuff now come on no right, thank you yeah just have i can be there for the conversations have some witty conversation i want to see that's fine right honestly <laughs> I have a, I'm, I'm sitting here just stuck in the gutter with butt stuff. I'm like, I can't <laughs> leave this gutter now. Like, I'm trying to get out. Like, I'm a, I'm a squirrel that's locked into this stupid gutter, and I can't you get definitely. out. <laughs> well, listen, you keep your butt stuff to your because I'm not having it. You keep that yeah. over there. Definitely don't send us any videos of it because we don't want to see it. <laughs> I, that would be awful if that happened. Are <laughs> you guys saying you don't want to see my butt? I'm, I'm offended now. <laughs> So as you mentioned your your husband is 20 years older. So um Madam Gold Digger, could you give us any tips on how to score us a you know an older wealthy man? That would be awesome. Oh yeah. Um I'd be okay well, with Robert Downey Jr. So let's keep that in mind. We're we're aiming for Robert Downey Jr. Right aiming now. for Robert Downey Jr. Uh <laughs> um well also you have to bear in mind he's in the Air Force. So is he an older wealthy man? That's key. Uh I would say that a lot of um uh, people that <laughs> they'd be like, maybe you should go find a businessman, not a military guy. That would probably be better. But uh, you definitely want to find somebody that is damaged in some way. That's important. Um, <laughs> you know, somebody that uh, is open to, because uh, when I met my husband, there was neither one of us had any inclination of that. It wasn't like I was out there trying to find, you know, older guys. However, I say that. However, it is very evident by my actions in my life that I was. Uh, I look back and I'm like, oh, I used to work at a movie theater and I, I, um, I, I was in high school and there was a guy that would come in all the time and he was probably in his 40s and I was 15, 16 and I would just go and I would chat him up we would talk all the time. One time I went into the movie that he was going to see and sat with him on my break. <laughs> he was just like, what is happening? Like, like, what is it? Why is this butter soaked woman? <laughs> the popcorn lady is come and sat right next to me. There's nobody else in the theater. What a creep I was. That poor guy. Um, so yeah, I, I, so things like that. But it's a, uh, I feel like um, men, you know, they, people will be like, oh, that's gross. You know, 20 year age difference, any type of age difference. It, it doesn't, you don't really notice it after a while or even really from the beginning, we didn't really notice it, but the, you know, it's all depends on how old you are when you start. If you're 18 versus, and 38, then you're like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> You know, but if, but if you're 40 and you're 55, 60, you're like, hmm, well, okay. That was a person that knew. Also yeah. from my, um, I, nobody has ever successfully been able to tell me what to do. So, um, when it comes to like people trying to say, yo, you need to date somebody your own age. You're like, ah, well, then I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to find the oldest man I can. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? I was thinking that another, um, aspect of trying to find the thing is about dating an older guy or being married to them they as long as you you find the right one they know how to do stuff they're not mm -hmm. just playing video games all day long you know they can fold my husband cooks like he cooks and folds there's like i don't do those things i so you you need to find somebody that has had a few failed relationships so they're a little wounded their expectations are low and you, you roll right in there. The key, there's a tipping point though. I'll tell you this. Here's the tipping point where most people go wrong in age difference relationships is they have a kid. And once you have a kid, um, the it becomes uh, not as much fun, right? That's usually what happens. You'll, find, you'll see a guy that's 60 
that's at like a Walgreens with one of the, the baby things in the front. And you're like, what happened, Steve? I thought all your kids were out of the house and you college was done. And he's like, oh man, I, I don't know. I saw this lady at a bar. <laughs> she was really nice. Um, so you, we, I, I don't plan on having any kids. I have, I have a stepson, um, that I helped to raise from when he was really little. Um, and that is enough. I was, I'm tired enough from that. Um, I've had enough parent teacher conferences that I've screwed up, so I don't need to screw up anymore. Well, I had a quick question. Um, while you were being the, uh, AMC Lolita, what film did you walk in on? <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> I don't know. We played uh, movies that were, it was a dollar movie theater. So um, the popcorn was still 20 bucks, but the movies were a dollar because it was second run. Um, so who knows? It, it could have been anything, but uh, I don't know if he came back after that. Uh, I, yeah, maybe he did. <laughs> he drove a Geo Metro. I thought that was impressive. Wow. The cat named Cat. Um, I never learned his last name. Poor guy. Uh, when I set my sights on something, I'm coming for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, my husband is an army veteran. Um, he was part of the five, uh, the first, um, airborne division. So a lot of the stuff that I'm hearing you talk about rings very true. Um, I, I luckily, cause like I grew up and I knew I was like, I can never uh, date or marry anybody in uniform just because I know my own you know needs and stuff mm -hmm. like that it would be incredibly unfair for me to set somebody up for failure as far as that's concerned so yeah. I've known him I knew him in third grade and then we reconnected whenever he was in Afghanistan about to finish up his tour there and then come home and ETS um so it's really I love watching your TikTok channel just because I'm sitting here and I'm seeing a lot of the stuff that it's that you're talking about I'm just like yeah <laughs> yep but I also like that you know like you're not scared to talk about like uh certain taboo topics when with regards to like military wives and how they behave to each other or you know run-ins and experiences that way and things that we've had to deal with or whatever so I really like the openness and the honesty uh behind all of that so kudos to you well, thank you. Yeah, you know, I my whole goal is to be able to use comedy to be able to help military families in some way, help everybody, help people that support military families. Um, and the truth of the matter is the vast majority of military families and military members are kind, helpful people. There's definitely, I've had my own run-ins over the years, you know, somebody with nine kids or she had a lot of kids. She blocked me in, a, in the commissary and told me I needed to start helping her babysit. And I was like, what is happening? I can't, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> I've gotten into fights with people. I've had some, some disappointments, you know, I've had commanders, wives that um, were uh, difficult to, and it puts you in a really rough position because you don't, that's the thing. It's really hard to explain. If you, if you have a, um, a mindset that's very narrow, which I think a lot of people, well, it's easy enough to do. You just, we all think about ourselves all the time. But if you don't think broadly about why military families might behave the way they do, and you look at, okay, why does the military try to bring families in so much? Well, they do that because they need us. They need us for retention purposes because I say this all the time. In fact, I said this the other day to the four-star general in charge of the Air Force. <laughs> I said, sir, if uh, I'm trying to help with retention because as I'm sure you know, uh, give me five minutes and I could nag my husband into going to the airlines. And, <laughs> and he looked at me like, why are you allowed to talk to me? Like, who are you? Like, where did you come from? Ask for my card. So we'll see what happens. Might end up arrested. Nice guy. Um, but I, that's an important aspect of it is the families, you have to get buy-in from the families. And that's why there's so many people leaving, right? It's too hard to live. The, the cost of living is too high. Military spouses can't get jobs, which, you know, I'm trying to work on. Um, and also there's, uh, there's uh, a lot of, we don't get out anymore and, and, and meet and, and co-mingle like what we really need to do to build a community in order for it all to really work. So then people leave to go to businesses and, and, you know, there's money more money in other sectors. 
so that's uh, that's one aspect of it of uh, of why that all happens but then you go okay what are the other factors so when i had commander's wives that were um difficult and i'm sassy and can't really hold that back then when i'm sassy i'm also uh telling somebody or doing something to somebody who will then go back and tell their husband or wife who will then talk to my husband and then i put his job in jeopardy and it's a constant balance now here's the good thing about me my husband's going to retire in a few years i said let's blow this thing up let's let's see if we can get you fired come on babe you on board let's see what you got uh so <laughs> so i could you know go out and and do things but um are trying to be the voice that other people don't feel comfortable having because that is a real issue. You got somebody that just joined or, and they're like, what, is, what are all these things happening? Why, you know, what, uh, you know, I'll get messages all the time. Um, why can't I talk about deployment return dates? You know, well, you can't do that because if you do that, then you won't see your husband or wife for an extra amount of time because they will turn the ship around and they won't come back if, if you do that because it's all protected OPSEC, operational security information. So there's, you know, stuff like that, that it all goes together that you just don't know from the get-go. You don't know if you're interested or you have that broader outlook. And I think that as you, you, you know, you spend more time, uh, um, it's, it's, you just got to have buy-in, I guess. I guess I'm totally bought in. So I'm constantly like in all of it. So I um, understand some of the things. Well, I, re I remember seeing, I I've been on Facebook for like years, but there was this group, uh, I don't remember which military brands, but they referred to dependents, military dependents as, I want to call it a slur. It was like a not nice name, right? Be, uh, I can't remember what the, the nickname was. It's Dependa. Yeah. It's, it's Dependa. Yeah. Dep we get Dependa, we get Dependapotamus. And then I've also heard like, try pendipotamus or something there there's a whole thing about it and the whole deal is the military spouse stereotype is a fat uh the, the, that's the picture they use they'll use like a hippo and and something like that who's got like a ring and it's not accurate it, um it, which is i don't really i don't use that because it first of all it offends a lot of military spouses i my goal i would like to take back the word and make it a more positive word um but it's, it's just to put people down, really to put women down, because it doesn't talk about any of the male military spouses, of which there are. <laughs> they exist. Um, but, it, you know, it sort of portrays them all as just doing it for the TRICARE kind of right. a thing, which right. it's not. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. Like, I'm not saying depend is a good thing. It, it's okay. a bad because, like you just said, a lot of spouses, I mean, can you imagine you get a job at, you know, a law office or something and you know near the base where your your spouse is stationed and then two months later they're like oh we gotta go you could probably never you know unless you worked for i don't know cvs where you could transfer around the country it's got to be a pain in the ass and then so yeah i i'm sure like i feel like if i was a military wife i would be that depend upon us <laughs> you're like yeah baby come here um but i i I would bet that there's spouses or boyfriends or girlfriends that want to be more than that, you know, that oh, don't yeah. in that way. That is the vast majority that I can tell you from experience. The most of military spouses are extremely capable, able to deal with crisis, um, crises, crises, uh, you know, things happening at a moment's notice are able to, because every, you know, when they deploy, everything breaks. Um, when, you know, having to deal with hard things, you know, you go, you're, when my husband deployed, you go make wills uh, because in case he dies, and then you've got to know where, what's going to happen. And you go and you talk to a JAG, a judge advocate general, and they're like paralegals and you make out the will. And you know what they don't like is when you say, okay, if I die, I would like to be taxidermied into an owl and then have my husband be forced to keep me for the rest of his life, regardless of whether he remarries. And no, he can't put me in an attic. And then the jag goes, who is this? Who did you bring here? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, <laughs> I remember too, I asked the, the uh, jag, I said, uh, while he's deployed, if something happens, can I come talk to you? 
And uh, he said, yeah, of course, of course you can, unless you're coming to divorce him, in which case, no. And uh, it's an interesting thing because they're not there to protect me. They're there to protect him. Uh, so there's definitely some things that it comes down to like, okay, yeah, you're on my side as a military family, but then you're not. So it's dealing with that kind of stuff. But definitely, I mean, you got mil tons of military spouse attorneys and judges. They banded together to create the Military Spouse Jurist Doctorate Network, which creates opportunities for military spouse attorneys across the United States, probably worldwide. And they um, change the laws so that they don't have to retake the bar every time they move. Now there's like 43 states now, so they don't have to retake the bar. You, like That's crazy that they have to do that. We need to do, change that for teachers and nurses and anybody else that has any type of licensing. You're moving every two years. We've got food insecurity, right? There's these crazy statistics with the amount of military members that are experiencing food insecurity. And I'll, I'll get uh, pushback on that from even military members that are just like, this doesn't exist. Like this is just people that uh, don't budget or they don't, they're just out buying Dodge Chargers on 25% interest. You're like, oh, or no, or maybe there's facts. So let me show you the facts from <laughs> the government uh, surveys and uh, the data that they collected, which says, oh, you have to move every two years. So because of that, um, military families go in debt personally, but they don't get paid back. And it's like two to $5,000. So if you make uh, less than minimum wage, you're working all these hours, say you have one kid, but every two years you have a five grand hit or a two grand hit, that's going to take a huge amount of money out of your savings, you know? And then uh, if you live in say Alaska, a bag of chips, $10. Somebody told me the other day, a bag of chips is $10 at the Alaska commissary. Well, yeah, of course people can't afford to eat. This is out of hand. Well, see, my husband was, um, he did airborne in Alaska. Mm -hmm. And um, while he was there, he, he struggled to survive. It was just one, it was just one person. It was him. Mm -hmm. And he was, you know, he was, he didn't have any money to buy a TV and all of that mm -hmm. just because the cost of, you know, yeah. the food and everything was so expensive on top of the moves on top of everything. And um, yeah, it is a very complicated and ridiculous process for not just the military member themselves who signed, you know, on the dotted line, but also the families that love them and take care of them. So yeah. I'm glad that you're bringing this up because it's like, it is huge. And these are like small, these are big things that nobody talks about. Like nobody talks about it. And it's so prevalent. And um, so thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it is, it is, uh, they are big things. And uh, they definitely need to be fixed. If only, like, even if you say you don't care whether people eat or not, or whether military spouses get jobs, you're like, ah, I don't, it doesn't affect me. I don't care. Well, what will affect you is when those families leave the military because of that. And then you don't have enough people in the military. And then we have problems. <laughs> then it becomes your problem too, you know? So it's, uh, they're all retention and recruiting issues. And who the heck, the one of the big ways that we recruited was like generationally. So, hey, my dad was in, I grew up a military kid, now I'm gonna join. Well, if your dad is mad because the military screwed over his retirement or he can't afford food or is not seeing that that would work, he's not going to want you to do that. You know, he's gonna talk you out of it in some way. So uh, we need to protect people and, and let them be able to eat. I don't, I don't know, I guess that's unreasonable. His husband was in, um, he, he went to Iraq, he got exploded, and mm -hmm. he ended up at Walter Reed. But in that time when he was exploded, and they came to collect his carcass almost off of, like scrape him off of the road, oh, um, they, they cut all of his gear off and everything. And then when it came time to ETS, they were like, no, you owe us $9,000 because oh, you didn't. Oh my God. I know, I know. Like, and so like we ended up what? having to pay back the military because of gear that he never received back after he was, you know, airlifted to Germany and then went to Walter Reed and he never got the gear that they cut off of him. So they charged him for that. Oh, <laughs> that you just blew my mind. I'm going to ask other people if that has happened to them because that is outrageous. Right, <laughs> right. Like, what? It's not like he just lost it at an Applebee's. Are you kidding me? It was cut off from him because he got blown up. Holy yeah. heck. And also, that's true. Like that nine nine $9,000, that sounds like an extreme amount of money. 
No, they, they, the amount of money that they make them sign away for these things, like at the Naval Academy, I think it's like um, when they give them all their books and, and like clothes and stuff, it's like 10 grand that they make these 19 to 22 year olds sign away. They're like, oh, yeah, this is this is all worth all this. And you're like, ah, what is happening? That is mind boggling after all that. Yeah. And and once you get in the, the bureaucracy, that machine of it all, which is, all, I think, I think if we could fix that part of it, it would make so many lives easier. Just like the getting people paid and not one time we had, they said, oh, we lost $20,000 um, of your money. And we, we actually don't know where it went. And you're like, what now? Pardon? What do you mean? And then you, that begins. It's not even like it's the, the money is a huge aspect of it. But as soon as they say that, you realize that you are now going to be scraping and spending so much of your life trying to figure out how to get the money, how to get it back. Um, right. It's it's like when the government overpays you and you're like, no, and no, this is take bad. Them back, And then you end up having to repay them. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too, is like, you know, I mean, he was paralyzed for three days from the neck down oh. and was shipped off to Walter Reed. And even still to this day, like he's. The, the information for um, veterans just aren't, isn't out there as far as things go, you know, it was less like every, every few couple of years, it seems like we're fighting with the VA for like disability for him because they were like, oh yeah, you're magically healed from having your neck broken between your C3 and C4, you know, military service. So like, I mean, he just got uh, denied uh, PTSD, even though he's having nightmares and stuff like that, because PTSD sometimes does take, you know, a few years yeah. after the fact to like hit. And he's starting to suffer from issues with that. And the VA denied him, you know, um, like just now denied his claim for uh, PTSD. And so it's like, it's, it's the most incredibly disheartening and upsetting battle. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like you shouldn't have to battle for like, you know, your gear being cut off of you and then just being charged that like, it's, it's so. No. And of course you would have PTSD if you were blown up and paralyzed. Like, right. of course. Yeah. yeah. There, should, there should be no research into it. Yeah. Maybe it's uh, uh, delayed. Maybe they just need, that's probably what it is. They, it's checking the wrong box. You need a different acronym that are, that is like DPTSD, delayed onset PTSD. And then they're like, oh yeah, right. yeah, that makes sense. Oh yeah, that could be it. Well, see, and that, but it shouldn't have to be no that complicated. It shouldn't have to be that hidden. You know, it almost seems like they're purposely hiding things as to not be able to help support their, you know, their family members or their own servicemen oh, and women for this. Ridiculous. So I'm, I'm so glad that you're bringing about all of this awareness on, on these topics, because um, I, I, I've, I've been into it a little bit, like, you know, I read Military Times and things like that, mm -hmm. but there's not a whole lot that I actually see mainstream <laughs> that talks about stuff like this. And I think that's where the pressure needs to be put is it needs to be mainstream. It needs to be all of those who might not be part of the 1%, you know, that's joined the military and doing all of this and then their families. It's going to take way more. So um, <clears throat> I'm so happy that you're here and you're doing what you're doing. So I, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I'm hoping to be helpful in whatever way I can. Not everybody likes it. I do get uh, quite a bit of, of hate messages and people that uh, don't like it for one reason or another, but I try to find fun ways to um, mess with those people. Thank you both for, you know, basically costing us the VA sponsorship for the show, you know. Take that. Dang it. <laughs> Thing about um, uh, Kira's husband, uh, where they told him, you owe us $9,000 for, you know, us losing your shit when we saved your life. You would think that soldiers, whatever your gender, would be considered valuable assets, not to objectify it, but valuable assets to the country and to our, you know, our country's freedom. And then you treat them like crap. You, you starve them, you know, or you not even starve them. You make them uh, make those and the military families, you make them make those decisions at the, at, you know, the, I forget what it's called, the PX at the grocery store to buy the ramen instead of the, you know, the, the healthy stuff, right? Because everything's so expensive and you, you've, you know, cut their funding or you've, you've done something to make them have to make cheaper choices and they're not as healthy and you need them to be as healthy and as on top of everything as they, as they can be, right? 
Right. Totally. And, you know, um, there actually was something that came down recently that said that the commissary is um, they've they've passed something through Congress that they will be able to lower prices at the commissary. So I don't know when it's coming, but <clears throat> they it used to be that the commissary had to uh, run a profit in some way to to be able to pay for itself. And I think now they're they're pushing money back into it. So that should be good and should hopefully lower prices. Prices are about are supposed to be 33% lower, I believe, at the commissary. And then there's a little surcharge that you pay at the end. Um, I like the commissary, even though it is uh, uh, unreliable. You got to check dates. <laughs> you definitely got to check those expiration dates. Um, but a lot of times when you go to each commissary, it's like the same, you know, you go in, okay, it's kind of the same stuff. Um, <clears throat> certain places do have some nicer things uh, than others, but you know, when it, when it comes down to it is the, the army says that soldiers are their greatest asset. So they, they do say that the thing is there's so, even though it's only 1% of people serve in the military, there's so many. And I believe, I always believe that people have the best intentions. So they're trying, but they're all the commanders, all the, all the people at the top, they're drowning. Everyone's drowning and trying to figure out what to do. And when you have all this bureaucracy uh, that they have to wade through and all the paperwork and, and trying to deal with, with everything from there, it just paralyzes them from being able to make decisions. And uh, so being able to just strip all that away and go, okay, what are the things that we care about to be able to move forward to help people to improve retention and it's sort of like, uh, so I went to school for aviation safety. And um, one of the things that people say is safety first. No, safety can't be first because otherwise we would get nothing done. And the, you, it has to be, there's, uh, I don't know if it's the base I'm at now. It's mission first, safety always, which makes more sense. Like, yeah, we're going to do it safely. But even still, jumping out of airplanes is never going to be safe. Doing things, flying airplanes is never, you know, they're going into war zones. Um, my husband's been shot at and airplanes, you know, stuff like that. You're, it's never going to be, that's not what the whole job is. Um, so when they say, you know, the family is the most important thing, it's not really accurate. But if you come out and you say, protecting the country is the most important thing. We also want to protect you. It, like it becomes not as buzzword worthy. <laughs> so I believe that people are trying um, I am trying to kick more people up the butt though. So a lot of times, like you said, um, upper management, so to speak, has the best intentions and wants to do the things that they need to do because normally they care, right? They're, they're mm -hmm. not there for their own selfish reasons. However, people above them, you know, we got assholes. Don't you bark. We got assholes, Congress are, you know, and, and in the Senate that are, are self-serving and they don't give yeah. a Right. Command will say PT at seven o'clock in the morning, and then I hand that down. And then the next guy gets it. And he doesn't want his soldiers to be late, right? So then he adds on an extra. He's like, okay, PT at <laughs> six thirty, and then that guy gets the orders. And that guy's like, well, I don't because PT's at six thirty. I don't want to have my guys be late, so we'll do PT. We'll be there at six, and it keeps going up the chain of command, like down the chain of command, until it gets to the guys, and they're sitting there on the field ready to do PT at four o'clock in the morning and they have to wait for, you know, until seven o'clock before it starts because everybody is trying to, you know, cover their butts and make sure the guys are there on time. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of how like all of the processes work within it, you know, because they're all trying to double back and to make sure that everything is done right and appropriately. So each, each command will take what they're told and then like add on a little bit just as a safeguard yeah. and then it gets passed down and by that time you've got like all of these safeguards in place to where now it's like convoluted in a lot of ways so um i think i think you're right with the bureaucracy you know the bureaucracy if we if we were to handle that that would fix so many issues um you know from like uh, and I, I also think like there's things like um, having to buy your own gear. I don't think that that should have to be a thing, but you know, some like my brother had to buy his own gear because he's a uh, Texas National Guard and he was deployed to the border with no like gear, 
no like anythings and they had to you know crap in buckets which is a lot better than like what you'd have to do out in the field with a, a hole but yeah you don't <laughs> normally have that bucket come on Kara. you don't have that bucket so i guess we're uh, thankful for the bucket but <laughs> my husband flew c-130s which that was their bathroom was a bucket um and uh so he's i think sympathetic to that bucket in the garbage bag gross um, I, I know, uh, other soldiers that have had to do that, uh, you know, they're, Hey, we're deploying, got to buy your stuff. I don't experience that with, um, my husband, my, so, and even with like the PT stuff, the air force doesn't really seem to do that. Like I've never, my husband's never, um, uh, gone out to PT. <laughs> like, well, that's, there's a reason why they call it the chair force. Right. Like he does it on his own and he does very well on his fitness tests, but um, they don't like typically get together and, and do things like that. But, um, you know, it's it's just from even from that, what you mentioned. Yes, definitely. That's a problem. Also on onward. So like the, the paperwork part of it all, and it's all at centralized locations. So getting your orders changed or getting um, something happen, it, that's happening in another state far, far away. And you're sending emails and you're like, what, why, what do you mean? You don't, you close my case. It's been nine months, you know, or trying to sign up on the housing wait list. And I did a video about that the other day and you're like, oh, okay, I'm next on the list. Oh, now I'm 48th on the list. Now I'm 12th on the list. Like how there's no stability, which is that people want some stability now. Right. And and to clarify my comment about the chair force, I'm allowed to say that because my grandfather was a full bird. So <laughs> I'm allowed to, dang it, I, he earned that right for me to sit there and do that. The chair force totally embraces it. it it's, yeah. it's, it's, they're fine with it. I, I just didn't want like people who aren't in the know about it. It's like, you know, all of the branch give each other a hard time and stuff like that, um, and then, you know, but how dare you, outside of the military arena, come at us, because we'll sit there and defend each other, too, we're like, it's like siblings is really what it yeah. is, it's like sibling rivalry, so mm -hmm. I just wanted everybody who's listening to this to know that I'm not a shithead person, no, and no. that I, I mean, I might be a shithead person, but not in this instance. <laughs> we, we respect all the branches of the military equally, except the Coast Guard, fuck those guys. The Coast Guard always gets rest. You know, the Coast Guard has the hardest basic training out of all of them. Isn't that amazing? Uh, <clears throat> the, uh, uh, time and time again, I've been told that. Uh, and uh, what's funny to me is <clears throat> I'll make a video. I made a video with my Roombas. And I did if uh, something like if my Roombas were in the military. And I put I included the Coast Guard. I put them in the bathtub. And then I got people that were like, oh, forgot the Coast Guard, huh? always nobody ever remembers the coast guard and i'm like i could make a video that is purely about the coast guard and the coast guard would be like forgetting the coast guard again i see i know i know i know and it's like it, it, it's it's so funny because like they i have a friend who is in, who's in the coast guard and it's really funny to see his interaction with all of the other people because it's like you, you really aren't the redheaded stepchild but you're playing it like you are so <laughs> What's going on? You guys are like the most badass ones of like, cause your basic, their basic training is incredibly hard. Like I sat yeah. there and I watched a Coast Guard basic training video and I was like, yeah, nope, tap out. I'd be tapped out within the first five minutes. Like I am a weenie. Like I could never dream of doing was, what they do. They have a service academy too. And in fact, if you know anybody and anybody that's listening, have your teenagers apply to the service academies. They're not getting enough people and it's a good deal. Like I was on the Naval Academy Instagram today. They did a swap where one of the Naval Academy guys went to the Air Force Academy and he was like, okay, so I have a, an hour now where I can catch up on some work and then I have a double class. And you're like, okay. And then he shows his double class and it's golf. <laughs> like what? My kid at the Naval Academy, he's learning how to play the bagpipes. Like what is happening? <laughs> what? Like, the what's going on? Important. Don't don't shit on the bagpipes those are important but i but like it's not the phone call you expect to get hey you're at the naval academy this is what i'm doing um and he had an etiquette class which i thought was cute oh that is cute that is so, so cute apply to the service academies definitely you know the um when people say chair force you know the air force called the chair force and then the, everybody's got their own you know kind of thing but all you have to do if you're trying to recruit somebody is take them to 
a Navy dining facility, take them to an Army dining facility, and take them to an Air oh Force gosh, one. Oh, my gosh, yes. I, I eat at our Air Force <laughs> one all the time. We have steamed yeah. fish. We, get, well, we have see, art, artisanal pizzas <laughs> that they make in front yeah. of you. Like, Well, and that's the thing. It's like, like I said, you know, like my, um, my grand, like both of my grandfathers were um, in the, in the Air Force. And I was thinking about, you know, signing up for the military. And, and then I was like, well, okay, that's probably not the best thing for me at that time. But um, it, it was really funny because I was talking to my grandfather about it. And I was like, well, which branch would you you know, which, which, which one would be better, do you think, like, for me, and he was, like, the Air Force, and I was, like, what, mm. and he was, like, okay, you can sit there, and you can do Marines, and you, like you were saying, they have mm -hmm. really crappy food, they get, like, they kind of are, like, uh, if I, if I were to sit there and say they were anything, they're kind of, like, in the Warhammer universe, like, the Ultramarines or something, where they were just, like, you know, gung-ho, kind of, like, we're gonna do this, and this is how it's gonna be, so, like, they're just, like, they're like super awesome and super intense and I love but not a place for me and then it was like the army which is a step up from the marines <laughs> with the food and everything else like that and then he was like explaining me and he was like the air force has shorter base at the time it had shorter basic training mm -hmm. um and they were like and the, the food is a lot better and we'll just be treated better and shorter deployments and all of this stuff and I was like Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll do that. Air Force. Okay. Makes more sense. I don't, do you, did you watch the video? The Department of Defense put out a video on how the different services eat cereal and then they hit yes. it and because uh, it was too popular, but it was so funny. And so they had like the Navy, they were reading the newspaper. Um, the, I think the Air Force had classical music in the background, like fancy napkins. Um, I don't remember what they did for the army, but the Marine one always stuck out in my mind because you just see cereal and then you see a guy in a ghillie suit. He's got yeah. the, <laughs> yeah, his face painted up and he has a big knife and he stabs the bag of cereal, it rips it apart, just starts shoving it in his face. It's so funny. But yeah, it's like go big, go hard and that, that's it. Like, it's, yeah. you're just, you know, it doesn't matter how you do it as long as it gets done. And that's, that's right. We need those guys. Like, that's what I can appreciate about, it, about mm -hmm. them. Yeah, Marines are awesome. I have a confession. I was uh, pretty much a grown-ass adult when I realized that the Coast Guard was part of the armed services. And it happened, uh, I don't remember, I think it was, it was either Memorial Day or Veterans Day. I, and, you know, where they're like, they play the, the song, you know, the air, the air uh, you know, uh, anchors away for the Navy. And then the Coast Guard, and I was like, who? <laughs> And people are standing up with their little hats, and I was like, oh, they're sailors. But naive. Poor Coast Guard. They get razzed yeah. on all the time. <laughs> you know what? If, if, you know, if my butt's out in the middle of the ocean for some reason, I'm sure going to love them, you know? Oh, yeah. Don't they fall out of helicopters to save people in the ocean and stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're superstars. Coast Guard's yeah. awesome. Going way back to the uniforms and the books and things like that. It's kind of it's kind of wrong or a lot wrong. If I go to work at Publix, I have to buy my little white shirt, my little vest, right, and my pants. Or if I go to work at blah 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 and they wear a uniform, I have to. But so I get it. You pay for your uniform of where you're going to work, but usually they don't cost thousands and thousands of dollars. I think mm -hmm. that's um, the bullshittery is happening. You know? Yeah, you know the. Um service dress and mess dress and all that you if they they are expensive you go to a um you know the military clothing store on base and you look at the jackets and you're like oh this is hundreds and hundreds of dollars so you know yeah. it's not cool for something that you're barely ever going to wear but you need once a year so what uh where can people like see some of your newer like your stand-up comedy that's coming up or anything so my website, ashleygutermuth.com, check that out. Um, and then I am available everywhere. Anywhere social media can be had, I exist. Uh, I'm everywhere at Ash Gutermuth. And um, if you just search for me on the moon, social media on the moon, I will be on it. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, and uh, yeah, I try to pump out as much stuff as possible. And I also want to come to bases near you, um, trying to find loopholes to try to find ways to legally do that. Thought about just having a pampered chef party with comedy. Uh, apparently that's illegal. 
<laughs> what, you can't you can't have like a an intimate party and do yeah. that you know like yeah, I would love to I tr I thought I was like let's call this the pampered chef tour and mm -hmm. Jag was like if you do any type of entertainment it has to be um cleared through MWR and you're like okay but they're taking forever like there's bases that want me to come but it's just I have no patience really important question where can we follow your grandma because I, I like her shenanigans oh you're gonna have to write letters I can't get can't even get this lady on the smartphones not just uh, <laughs> <laughs> just give out her address and p.o box grandma yeah. you love that yeah and that's <laughs> all it says on it is grandma or ashley's grandma yeah <laughs> well thank you so much for joining us and i hope that you'll come back again and please Wait till this hurricane nonsense is out of Florida and then come see us. That would be I'd amazing. I'd love to. Please let them know so that, um, let MWR know on the base or even a different venue that's outside the base. So happy to come to any of them. Awesome. I just, they just need to be open to having me. Absolutely. Ashley, thank you for putting up with us and I hope you have a wonderful day. You too. Stay safe. Yeah, thank you. you. Soon. All, All right. right. Bye. Bye. Bye.